Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently right now 5.33 a.m. East Coast time. It is Friday, November 1st. Hope you all had a great Halloween and welcome to the new month of November, the month of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving football, all that stuff. We'll get to that, of course. Before we do, of course, we got to break down this slate and many, many more. Welcome to the channel and the podcast. If you are new here, my name is Sal Betri. I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We have a nice Friday eight-game slate. Love them. Perfect slate. Seven to nine games. Eight is my favorite size slate for the NBA. I love it. We have a lot of news to cover. Players leaving with injuries, not going to play today. Players returning from injuries, they're going to play today. Some players question marks in the air. And then obviously, like last night, you know that randomly the NBA is going to just sit players uh, because they probably should just to keep these guys on some sort of maintenance and load management plan. We saw last night guys like Will Barton sit out later in the day become questionable justice winslow sit out it changes up the whole landscape of a slate especially in a three-game slate so make sure to continue to check in on news if you're here and you're not subscribed yet you get any value from this video you can hit the subscribe button greatly appreciate it if you get any value from this audio experience and you can hit a five-star rate i really appreciate that and if you review it if you're watching on the youtube video as well you can go into the link down below and you can click it to review this podcast over on apple itunes and what you get there is three random people will be entered and given away tomorrow saturday a free entry into the fantasy draft main event this sunday for the nfl season usually a value of about 25 dollars takes about one minute of your time greatly appreciate it if you could do that linked up down below is my content my NFL, my NBA content, my NBA model and projections are up there on until lock is when they are updated. That is linked up down below as well as about 20 to 25 hours per week of NFL content. That is my Patreon. You can click it down below. There's a video of myself there describing what really Patreon is. And there's a whole description of all the different options you can choose from. Hopefully that helps. Let me know if you have any questions with all of that. My social medias are also linked up down below. Starting in November now, I'm going to make it an initiative of mine to get more active on Instagram. Uh, we are already active on Facebook as well as Twitter for sure. So you can check out all those. It's just my name, at DFS on Twitter, and then SalVetri on Instagram and Facebook. So I think that's everything. We've covered everything. Welcome. Hopefully you're all having a good start to your day. Let's get into the injury news and the injury dashboard filtered by team. You can see it over my shoulder here. I will post this on Twitter as well. You can check that out. Uh, starting with Boston, Jalen Brown missed the last game, and we saw Gordon a- Hayward see a huge minutes bump up. We saw Semi Ojale was the one who saw like a direct benefactor in terms of getting more minutes into this rotation, but he's one of the worst point-per-minute producers in the league. The big bump-ups the most, the ones that were most impactful, were Jason, Gordon Hayward seeing more minutes, Jason Tatum seeing a little bit more minutes. That was definitely, probably, most likely due to Jalen Brown being out. Nothing major, like a four-minute spike, but Gordon Hayward saw um, upper 30s in minutes as opposed to where he's been seeing right around 30 this season had a 50 point game at fantasy so Jalen Brown's still questionable not feeling 100% if he's out I mean Gordon Hayward gets a bump at his price point Jason Tatum surely gets a bump in terms of being like a a fixed in player to hit his $7,000 tag to hit his projection around a 35 point mark seems pretty comfortable Um, that's about it and his Cantor's supposed to miss again I don't know if they officially ruled him out I saw that they have him out on DraftKings and a couple other sites but the news was that they don't expect him to play so I say that's more towards doubtful either way Daniel Tice played 28 minutes in the last game 
had an okay game, especially for the price tag now, $4,000. Not a priority. Robert Williams, the backup there, should see more minutes as well. Reggie Jackson has already been ruled out for Detroit. We move into Detroit now with a back injury. It's going to continue to affect Tim Frazier, who should continue to start at the point guard. Derek Rose off the bench, who will continue to have just an insane usage percentage, close to 40% right now. And then Luke Kennard, I imagine, gets more shots and more usage Reggie Jackson did not travel with the team. Markeith Morris is questionable. This guy's been questionable all season long. He was injured in Wednesday's game, probably his best game of the season. Who this is going to help out and accidentally put all of the Knicks in thinking it was his brother, but who this is going to help out the most, if indeed he does miss, is just Christian Wood. Pretty plain and simple there. Christian Wood, one of the best point-per-minute producers, even playing alongside um, Andre Drummond. As long as Blake Griffin is out, as he will remain out for this next at least week, if Markeith Morris misses, you get Christian Wood. In a very beneficial matchup against Chicago, who is one of the worst rebounding percentage, bottom three in the league right now. Stephen Curry, um, he is looking at a hand specialist. He fractured his hand, and if he needs surgery, he'll be out probably twice as long, so they're starting to see. But for right now, he's not going to play, so D'Angelo Russell D'Lo is now the starting point guard on this team. Alec Burks, Jordan Poole, Glenn Robinson should all see rotational minutes at the two wing. Um, So yeah, D'Angelo Russell's usage is about to skyrocket, and this Golden State team, uh, DeMarcus Cousins out for the year. Kevin Durant out for the year. Um, Clay Thompson out for the year. And Steph potentially out for maybe a month plus, maybe two months. Um, that is what these players, some of them who obviously aren't on the team anymore, but uh, from this last year's team are dealing with right now. Draymond is the, the lone soul. Even even Kavon Looney is injured. Andre Iguodala left this team. It's just a really thin team. I think Livingston is gone. Like This entire team is just different now, and it's a gross pool of players when you're starting guys like Eric Pascal, um, Glenn Robinson, Jordan Poole, Alec Burks. It's it's really rough right now for Golden State. Um, one of the worst defenses, if not the worst, still in the league. Kevon Looney, like I said, is going to be out. Last game, you saw Willie Cauley-Stein come back. He played very limited minutes, like 12. Draymond Green started at center again, didn't play much minutes. Um, Eric Pascal started at the power forward spot. He actually played 38 minutes. In this game, yes, it got a little bit out of hand in the second half, but not much. Like He started the game, and he got really good first half run. He played, I think, 10 minutes in the second quarter alone. Um, he was on pace to see about 33, 34 minutes in this game anyways. He just saw a bigger second half run. So Eric Pascal at his price point becomes interesting if he continues to start at power forward. Miles Turner is going to be out. He's considered week to week. It's going to help Sabonis and Brogdon, who are already priced up on DraftKings. And then backup center, Goga Bitsy. I don't know how I'm pronouncing that, but I imagine they probably put Sabonis at the five, but we'll see. Either way, even with the price ups of Sabonis and Brogdon, um, both of them hovering around the $8,800 range, it's still a decent spot for both of them. This is not Malcolm Brogdon of last year, if you haven't been paying attention. So when you see his price tag close to $9,000, is it justifiable when the guy is averaging 50 pennies? points per game right now or right near that mark and with miles turner off the court he leads all of the indiana pacers with a 31 percent usage percentage obviously sabonis gets a huge rebounding boost with no miles turner out there playing alongside of him sabonis last year was one of the best players on the entire court when it was just him out there and also this year when turner takes the bench when they're not playing alongside each other now all of his minutes are going to come without turner really great spot for both of those guys yes they're priced up you have to pay for them you probably can only get one now um, but i think it's still a very good spot Anthony Davis is probable, but the Frank Vogel says he expects AD to play. This is just a piece of news to be watching all day because obviously before his last start, he becomes game time decision, and then 10 minutes later, he's probable, and then he leaves the game, he gets ice, and he scores 70-plus fantasy points. So I have him right now. He is probable, so just keep an eye on it. He's one of the players that can just be sitting out tonight. Um, Rajon Rondo has already been ruled out. LeBron James at the point gets just overall... More usage at the point guard spot. Quinn Cook will continue to get backup minutes in the 20 range. And then Alex Crusoe will get some minutes in the rotation, I'd imagine. Kyle Kuzma is supposed to make his debut today. Small forward, power forward for the Lakers. He has been out also so far this season, um, making his debut probable. Alfred Payton is going to be out once again, as well as Dennis Smith Jr., both these guards for the Knicks. Last time we saw R.J. Barrett start and um, Wayne Ellington. Well, R.J. Barrett start at the point. 
and have a really difficult time. Uh, and then Wayne Ellington at shooting guard. That is the same rotation as we're going to get. They already announced their uh, lineup yesterday, the Knicks already. And then Frank Nielakina will get more rotational minutes. DeJounte Murray, they said yesterday he's going to play Thursday, rest Friday. He's already on like a 24-minute limit somewhere around that range, Pop said. Um, so now he's resting Friday. It's going to help Derek White, who's been playing really well in limited minutes. Bryn Forbes is going to continue to have more opportunities in the rotation and then Patty Mills should see his way into it Harry Giles lastly is questionable with a knee has not played yet this season but continue to watch this because yes he's 3300 I don't really care about Harry Giles all that much but Rashawn Holmes has been starting back-to-back games at center played 30 minutes and then 35 minutes and both times he's just absolutely smashed the price point now he just gets a brutal matchup against um Rudy Gobert, but it would get even worse if Harry Giles is going to play and take like eight to 10 minutes out of the center and power forward rotation away from Holmes and or Deadman. Uh, also on Harry Giles, just kind of not really fantasy related, but yesterday uh, Sacramento declined his fourth to pick up his fourth year option, which I guess makes sense when you have guys like Marvin Bagley out there. Um, but interesting to see what that's going to do uh, moving forward for them. So that's the injury dashboard. If you're still watching, hit the subscribe button. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Also hit that like button. Maybe we could hit like 200 likes or something on an NBA video. That'd be pretty cool. Cool. So target offense sheet there's still a couple games we're waiting on totals like boston and new york and golden state and san antonio uh, you can see that if you're watching on the video version if you're listening on the audio podcast there you go hooked you up the game with the highest implied total on the slate <laughs> this almost seems fake 241 game total 118.75 team total for brooklyn 122.25 uh, team total for houston by far the two highest totals on the slate. Houston's total, if you take out Brooklyn, who's in this game alongside of them, a very high-paced game projected here as both of these teams um, find themselves in the top eight in pace so far this season through a very handful of games. So what you get here um, is Houston's total alone. And let me just tell you, out of the totals that we have, the 241 total, the next closest total is 216.5. So 25-point difference in team total. Yes, there's going to be a lot more points in the Brooklyn-Houston game. Yes, the values in Houston become a lot more attractive. Yes, the superstars in um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden going for 70 last game. Westbrook continuing to go for solid 50-plus point games at 60-plus upside. And Kyrie Irving continuing to take. Um, the only game Kyrie Irving did not take 20-plus shots was a game where he took 19. Yes, I know two of those games went to overtime, but he took 33 and 27 shots in the games went to overtime. He was going to take 20 shots regardless in those games. So this guy just continues to shoot. Even if he has a bad shooting night, the amount of volume he's doing, he's going to have a fine overall performance if he just gets his normal peripherals. He's $9,000, so really good spot. 241 game total. That's absolutely insane. I mean, also just to compare it outside of Brooklyn, like I was saying, 122.25 uh, team total for Houston, the next closest team total on the slate right now. And it's sort of a low slate, and we're going to wait on some of these news. I think Boston might have a decent total. Golden or San Antonio might. I don't know. But a 110 team total for Indiana, um, the Pacers, a 110 for Milwaukee, and a 110 for Chicago. All three of them have a 110. That's 12.25 points lower. That's that's insane. Like Usually if a team total is five points higher, you look at it and go, wow, that's a really good spot. It's higher than everywhere else. A lot of points on that team today. 12 points higher. Um, I mean, obviously, Harden's going to be priced up. Westbrook's still affordable, and you can get to him at the not high nine range, but you're going to be leaving a lot of other studs off your lineup. So that's potentially the number two option now in that offense, 1A1B. So interesting spot. Definitely there's going to be pieces of that. On my early interest right now, I don't really have too many uh, Brooklyn players. I think I have, like, Dinwiddie listed. I think I have some of the values, um, like P.J. Tucker listed for Houston. But, I mean, it's, it's without saying that, obviously, you can get to $11,000 Harden if you want to prioritize it that way. Westbrook is still cheap, below $10,000, cheap relative to his floor and ceiling combination. And then you can get to a $9,000 Kyrie Irving because he just continues to go out there and really have a floor in the 40s. Um, on this team unless he just shoots 0 of 20 like if he's going to take 22 shots on average per game even if he has a terrible shooting night and only hits a quarter of them and he's having three threes and five total makes I mean just the peripherals that this guy is having in his games it's going to lead to him scoring around 40 points and that's on a bad shooting night so 
Yeah, he's definitely in play with a 118.75 team total. The Pacers are another team I want to talk about. Cleveland has been just a rebound, has been a rebounding machine this year, and now the Pacers lose um, Miles Turner. So Cleveland on the other side of this, both Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson having fantastic starts to the year. Last year, that's really what they were missing was those bigs for the far majority, especially Tristan Thompson. But Love continues, he would leave and then come back and leave and come back. They continue to both remain healthy here. No Miles Turner now out there. Yes, Sabonis will be out there, but the team is without a doubt getting worse at rebounding in the Pacers. Already a team that has been struggling in rebounding rates oddly enough was the Pacers at least points in the paint wise um, and now Cleveland comes to town look you're gonna have to pay a top dollar price tag for Kevin Love but you can still get Tristan Thompson he's center only eligible not power forward this year which is worrisome um, well not worrisome but makes it a little bit more difficult to build your lineups but that's just a really good spot on the other side of it we already talked about no Miles Turner well that's going to definitely help Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon the most I definitely lean Sabonis as getting the guy who's probably going to just play a ton of more center minutes um, keep in mind though it's not a brutal matchup against Cleveland but Kevin Love plus Tristan Thompson is no easy matchup when those two guys are just rebounding the way that they are through the first five games of the season um, next up a game that stands out um, well maybe not stands out but Chicago versus Detroit look a terrible totals these teams wants to play slow Chicago 110 implied total and they're three and a half point favorites so it tells you how much points and faith they have in Detroit today no Reggie Jackson no Blake Griffin potentially no Markeith Morris I still like Andre Drummond look Chicago is one of the worst rebounding teams in the league right now it's just a really good spot Wendell Carter Jr. against Andre Drummond really no match for Andre Drummond even Laurie Markin at the four no match for Andre Drummond Outside of Andre Drummond, though, especially, and if you get Marquise Morris out, you're actually going to have a bigger um, front court with guys like Christian Wood and Drummond instead of Morris and Drummond. I mean, it's still pretty big either way, but Christian Wood's just, um, he has more size on Marquise Morris. Either way, though, um, you're going to get a really good spot for Drummond, whoever's alongside of him. I like Drummond at his price tag. I would prioritize a guy like Drummond definitely over a guy like Kevin Love. Um, in my opinion, I know it's a different position in terms of love can fit into the power forward spot, but they're similarly priced. And I just think Drummond has a higher floor and ceiling combination, especially in this matchup. I do like Laurie Markkinen, though, on the opposite side, especially if Christian Wood is in. Um, but either way, I do like Laurie Markkinen on the opposite side. I think his price tag is a little bit higher than I would like. I think I would like to see it like three, $400 less, but I believe it's $7,500. That's a fine tag for a guy who's been constantly pretty much hitting right at that type of a value. And now he gets a spot where Detroit is allowing the top five most points in the paint this season. Dallas versus the Lakers. Yeah, we'll see what Kyle Kuzma looks like on this team. It's just a team that, yes, I'll, I'll go to Anthony Davis, but you have to feel a little uneasy going to Anthony Davis when he's almost like the over-under on him leaving in a game is like one. Like if he just leaves, it's a push. That's how often this guy's leaving in these games. And again, he's not even a, a, a lock to play. If Anthony Davis was to miss this game, well, then yeah, obviously Rajon or um, LeBron James gets a huge bump, huge bump and whoever starts at center, whether it's Dwight Howard or or JaVel McGee, one of those guys, and really both of them get bumps, but one of them would get a huge bump because they're not priced to be a starting center um, against a Dallas team that apparently Dwight Powell now is going to come off of his minutes limit, um, but either way, not the most scary um, front court in terms of defenders. Uh, yes, Christoph Porzingis, though, is a very good defender, especially if he's posting up at the four a lot, so that could actually make it a worse matchup for some of those guys, but if we're talking Anthony Davis starting, I will have interest there. Sacramento and Utah. Um, again, I have interest in Rashawn Holmes at 5,500. It's just a little bit timid when he's going to go up against Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert continues to shut down centers who have been performing well this year. I mean, whoever he goes up against, and he has not been performing as well in the offensive end outside of maybe one game this season, um, but he gets himself a good matchup today. And now, yes, if Rashawn Holmes starts, I would expect somewhere around 30 minutes if he stays out of foul trouble based on what we've been seeing, really just pushing Dwayne Dedman's starting job away, playing 30 minutes and 35 minutes in each of the last two games. Uh, Holmes at 5,500, it makes it really hard for him 
if he plays that many minutes to fail the matchup though is probably the worst that you can get um probably the best defensive center in the entire league or right there is one of the top two or three um so we'll see how the day unfolds if harry giles is out it helps a little bit more to want to get there and then golden state versus san antonio no total out yet on this one back to back right now for san antonio we already talked about the murray resting it's going to help Derek white at a really nice price point of 5200 um one of the better point guard plays it seems as of right now as i record this at 4 5 50 in the morning again my projections are not out yet they'll probably be at around 1 or 2 p.m um maybe a little bit later today with an eight game sleep but either way you can check in on those uh you can get them linked up down below and there's different plans for that as well you can check that out on patreon but I know it's a back-to-back. People are going to be really uneasy. And check what Pop does with these. Uh, Greg Popovich does with these rotations. Maybe on a back-to-back he rests some more guys, but it seems like Murray's the only one he really wants to rest right now. You saw last night a really bad game from Marcus Aldridge in a spot that I thought he would crush. His price tag drops again. He's 7,100. And this is, once again, a spot that he should crush. Look, Draymond Green is a defender who's really good out there. Draymond Green is about the last piece um, of this offense or of this offense and defense. And he's going to have to contribute a lot more on offense, I would imagine, now. See where Draymond Green starts. LaMarcus Aldridge has been starting at the center position. If they put Draymond on him, obviously a tougher matchup, but one that LaMarcus Aldridge probably has an advantage in. I mean, just in terms of pure size, it's a nice price point of 7100 that I'm fine getting to. $7,200 DeMar DeRozan continues to pay off that price tag. Very weird price point on him. He's going to be going up primarily in this game against guys like Glenn Robinson, Jordan Poole, and Alec Burks. Um, not the scariest of players, especially when DeMar DeRozan continues to drive to the basket very effectively. Yes, Draymond might be there sometimes, but also a lot of the times you're going to see Willie Cauley-Stein and or Zach or Eric Pascal there. So good spot for those two players in terms of the, the best players on San Antonio, you would say, DeMar DeRozan. And Aldridge, I prefer the most, though, at 5,200, Derek White. Um, Golden State Warriors on their side of the ball. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, he's priced up. He's close to 9K, but he's clearly going to take on all the usage of this team. He's very shooting dependent, and he probably has to shoot 20 to 25 times to really hit a ceiling. But there's no stopping him from doing that right now. See who starts at the two. If it's Glenn Robinson, the second, we've seen him struggle if he's not playing at the four. No real interest there. Jordan Poole, we've seen him have okay games. If it's Alec Burks, I have more interest if he's going to play somewhere in the mid-20s range, a guy who does pick up peripherals um, but outside of that it's really just uh, having some interest in a guy like um, D'Angelo Russell if if you get a starting five or a guy playing at the five in Draymond it's interesting in his price tag but a really tough matchup against San Antonio um, the biggest interest for me probably comes in at D'Angelo Russell Eric Pascal again he played 38 minutes last game was on pace to play about 34 35 starting at the four if he starts at the four again it's a really nice spot for the price point because of his price point and kind of where he's starting power forward in the team that just needs people to play minutes. The only concern is you're you're playing San Antonio in a defense that is going to be just historically brutal um, for you. It's a spot so far this season through only a handful of games, but on this slate, San Antonio is giving up the third least fantasy points or second least fantasy points only behind Milwaukee, which makes sense with Giannis there guarding a lot of fours. Uh, Second least fantasy points to the power forward spot. So a really brutal spot overall for Eric Pascal. On the opposite side of it, um, Golden State's just leaking fantasy points to fours, uh, not as many to fives because, I mean, Draymond's been playing at the five and, and holding that down a decent amount. So let's get into our early interest. And I'm going to prep the early interest, and there's a lot on here, but I'm also going to just prep it with, you're not going to see James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kyrie Irving on here. They should all be on here. Like, it's, it's just a spot where I knew I was going to talk about it in the target offense sheet and say it, so I'd just rather not write it down again. But yes, James Harden at 11000 You have to prioritize him because he's $1,000 plus dollars more, or not 1000 plus, but in terms of guards, 1000 plus. But he's the most expensive player on the slate, $400 more than Anthony Davis. You have to prioritize it. Russell Westbrook is fine. And then, yes, I think I prefer Kyrie Irving the most out of that game. He's the cheapest one who has a similar, um, I would say, similar floor 
and not as much of a ceiling. I mean, I know he scored 70, but that was in an overtime game. His ceiling for Kyrie more times than not is probably in the 60s, whereas you get Harden and Westbrooks, who was in the 70s, uh, potentially even 80s if one of them is having a really dud night and the other one's going off. So those three guys are definitely in play. But let's get through the rest of the um, early interests as they are ranked here through price. I put 20 guys in this list. Again, they're early interest. It is 12. Or it is actually 14 hours before lock, 13, whatever it is right now, 13 and a half. Um, but just keep in mind that these are going to change throughout the day. And you, if you don't watch NBA news and you're building your lineup right now and you're saying you're coming back tomorrow and saying, Sal, your list missed. How did you like whoever? Well, it's probably because somebody else got injured on either his team or another team. And it led me on to other players. And those players are no longer good players at their price points because now value opens up because people are currently priced for the current situations. But if somebody gets injured, they're not priced for that. The price does not change. So they obviously have now potentially more opportunity and probably will for the same amount of price point, which is obviously a spot where you get off of some of these players on this list and you go to those ones and you can build your lineup and get to maybe some more top-end players. So Anthony Davis at 10600 it's very scary. You're paying a top dollar tag for a guy who can just leave the game. But I really, yes, Kristoff is, is actually a really good defender, especially if he can back you up, but Anthony Davis is, is matchup-proof. So it's a spot that I like. If you're not going to get to Harden and you want to pay all the way up, it's a spot that I like. Andre Drummond, I already talked about him against Chicago, one of the worst rebounding teams in the league right now. Still no Blake Griffin, still no Reggie Jackson, and potentially no Markeith Morris. No Markeith Morris might actually hurt Drummond because Christian Wood then steps on the floor a lot more and who's just a, um, a usage hog in terms of fantasy points per minute. Uh, but $9,500 Drummond is probably my favorite pay-up center spot on the slate. Not many options there, but probably my favorite one. If not, um, this next guy we'll get to who's powerful and eligible, uh, but center only, it's going to be Drummond. D'Angelo Russell's definitely in play at 8,900. Look, he hasn't been performing all that well. One good game this season, but now he's going to have to play 30-plus minutes and just take on all the usage of this team. It's a spot that I like. Um, for sure. Malcolm Brogdon's in yellow on my list because he's priced up to 8,800. Has a great matchup against either Darius Garland, a rookie, or Colin Sexton, who was the worst defender in the league. Yes, the worst defender in the league last season. And now you get Malcolm Brogdon, elite usage in the 30% range, 31% usage rate when there's no Miles Turner on the court. This is just a guy who is not the, Mal- the Mal- Malcolm Brogdon from last year when he was the third at best option behind Middleton and Giannis, potentially fourth some games behind Bledsoe. Maybe even if Brooke Lopez was hot from three, fifth option, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is now not an afterthought. He is the the primary piece. Yes, Sabonis has been having a good year. Turner, before getting injured, was having a good year. Malcolm Brogdon is the primary piece as the primary ball handler of this Indiana Pacers team. And when he's out there with Sabonis, he's been extremely efficient. And you imagine you get that Sabonis plus Brogdon combo even more now. Um, both these guys playing huge, huge minutes. I mean, you're getting minutes in the 35 minutes per game, 36 minutes per game for Sabonis. And Sabonis in two of those games has gotten into early foul trouble where he's probably lost a minute or two in the first quarter. So if you're telling me with no Miles Turner, you're going to get 35 plus minutes out of Brogdon, sign me up for that, even at 8,800. But sign me up for the guy below him that I have interest in, in Sabonis at 8,700. The price tag continues to come up. It might scare people off. He's playing 36 minutes a game. And in two of these four or five games that they've played, he's had to take the bench because of early foul trouble. Like this guy, for the most part, is probably averaging closer to 37 or 38 minutes per game if you take out the fouls, and he's 8,700 with no miles turner on the court. I mean, this is just a Sabonis hit 50 point spot if you don't get in foul trouble or get injured against Cleveland. Yes, these guys are rebounding very, very well, um, but it's not a defense that continues to scare me. Like Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love's defense does not scare me. They can rebound well, but their defense is by far not scaring me. Um, Kemba Walker at 8,400 against these New York Knicks that RJ Barrett's starting at the point against Kemba Walker. He has a huge advantage for Kemba Walker. Wayne Ellington starting at shooting guard is a, is a little bit of a tougher matchup, but you're not going to have Kemba going up against that matchup as much as you'll have Marcus Smart there. So Kemba at 8,400, he had a 50 plus point performance against the Knicks in New York. Now they come to Boston. 
It's a nice spot for Kemba. Laurie Markkinen is probably more of like a lower own type of a player because you have some of these San Antonio players for a lower price point. The mid 7K range is not thin, but not a spot I imagine a ton of people get to. He's power forward center eligible. Detroit's allowing a lot of points in the paint. That's why I get to Laurie here. And he's a guy who I imagine has lower ownership. He has been not performing as of late since really opening night. So it's a risky spot for sure, but just know that it is risky as of right now. I have some interest. DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, 7,200 for DeRozan, 7,100 for Aldridge. Look, they're getting Golden State. Yes, Draymond Green's out there, but how much can he continue to be a dominant defender when he's going to have to focus so much now in his offensive game, or at least a little bit more with no Steph Curry, obviously no Clay for the season, and all those other guys getting shipped out. Um, so maybe a t- somewhat tough matchup if Marcus Aldridge starts at the five and Draymond's there, but I don't know how much that's really a disadvantage for Aldridge just size-wise. Um, so Aldridge struggled last night on a back-to-back. I'm not too worried about the minutes overall for him this early in the season. If we get Pop saying that he's going to be limited or ruled out, obviously, then there's something to take note of uh, and move forward with. But right now I'm going to go into it as if he's playing a full load. $7,200 DeMar DeRozan in this spot, even more of an interesting spot. I mean, D'Angelo Russell going to be guarding him for parts of this game, primarily guys like Jordan Poole, Glenn Robinson, younger players that don't have as much experience as DeRozan, especially since he's driving so much this year. I'll take both of those guys in some lineups. Jason Tatum I have in yellow. At $7,000 against New York, I really like Jason Tatum if indeed you see Jason Tatum, and he'll probably be defended by his former teammate, Mark Tar- Forget. Wow. Uh, former teammate Marcus Morris but um, if there's no Jalen Brown I have some interest honestly he's in yellow I might move him to red just because of the fact that Marcus Morris is a very good defender and has been starting at the three a little revenge narrative I'm probably not going to get to Tatum I would probably prefer Gordon Hayward actually now that I think about it for a cheaper price tag um, if indeed uh, Jalen Brown misses again with an illness Tristan Thompson at 6,800 price point is coming up and the issue is he's only center eligible The upside is there's no Miles Turner. There's Sabonis out there, but there's no Miles Turner. And Tristan Thompson has been a rebounding machine this year. We saw in the last game, I think like a 20 rebound game or so for Kevin Love. But Tristan Thompson has also been a very good uh, player so far this year. And he's playing big minutes. He's no longer averaging his like 32 minutes a game that he would get or 30. Um, And again, he's finally healthy. So hopefully this stands up. But 34 minutes a game for him great spot for a guy who's 6,800, but he's producing numbers at a player who is really 7,500 should be uh, producing. Aaron Gordon's now down to 5,800, coming off of probably his best game of the year. He's still starting at the three. There were some talks that he might come off the bench, but still starting at the three. Brutal matchup against Milwaukee and Chris Middleton here. Um, $5,800. I'm going to put him in yellow just because of the matchup, but it's a really cheap tag for a guy who has upside. I prefer the guy below him here, a couple of them really. Jeremy Lamb at 5,600 came back from his injury in the last game. Looked fantastic. Now he'll be probably primarily guarded by a guy like Chetty Osman, who was bottom five, the fifth worst defender in the league. Yes, the same exact team that Colin Sexton was the worst defender. That's what happens when you have a historically bad defense. Jeremy Lamb at 5,600, going to be shooting dependent for sure, but also picked up some peripherals in his only two games this year. I do like that. Rashawn Holmes is in yellow because of his matchup. $5,500 for a guy who's a center but power forward eligible. Again, he played 30 minutes two games ago, 35 minutes last game, has been starting over Dwayne Dabin for Sacramento. He's a really good point per minute producer. As you can see from his last two performances, just absolutely crushing his price tags. His price tag is coming up, and he has probably the worst matchup he'll have all season. If he starts and he gets that type of run, I do think he's still in play. Spencer Dinwiddie has continued to be a really good six-man off the bench, $5,300. He's now in this really high-paced, high-total game against Houston. At 5300 I hate playing bench players, but he's just one of the better bench players in the league. You just refer to him as the six-man of this team and one of the better six-mans in the league. I think Dinwiddie's fine. Derek White, as of right now, as we're shooting this, at 6 a.m. I imagine he starts at point guard and the good thing is he's shooting guard eligible so just in terms of lineup construction for NBA you want to get as many point guards and centers into your lineup so you can get more centers by putting guys who are power forward eligible but starting at center into the forward and power forward spot and even sometimes if you get really lucky the small forward spot and then you can also get 
Derek White, a guy who's a point guard potentially tonight, going to play around 30 minutes or 28 plus minutes. You can put him in the shooting guard spot, which allows you to get more active players into your lineup as opposed to just spot up shooters in the shooting guard spot that don't have as much upside. Uh, you can get a point guard in there, which is going to just act as if they're a shooting guard in your lineup, but really they're playing the point guard position, more activity. Eric Pascal's in yellow because it's a tough matchup against San Antonio. They give up the second least points to power forwards. He's only $4,700. He can fit into your small forward spot. If he starts a power forward again, I would feel confident or of him getting somewhere around 30, 32 minutes. He was on pace for 34 in the last game, broke free a little bit, got 38, had a really good game. Really brutal spot, though. Like, it's not a must-play for this guy. He's not a must-play value here because his price tag is up, and now he has probably one of the worst three matchups for a power forward to have. P.J. Tucker's price point drops $100, and he's in this game where he's been starting a power forward. You can put him at the three, like I was saying. You get him at small forward, and he's, he's been producing very well. Rebounding is up. His shooting has been fine, and it's a spot where I didn't think he would have this many rebounds with Russell Westbrook out there. Westbrook's like top 12 or something in rebounding opportunities this season. Just unreal, and that's not just at his position. That's like overall. So P.J. Tucker at $4,700. I think it's a, a fine spot for him in a value. All the value really, again, for Houston playing huge minutes, Eric Gordon, even Daniel House. When the game is this high paced and this high total, they're going to have to contribute even more, and their price tags are still relatively cheap. Bryn Forbes at 4400 I think I'd actually rather prefer the Houston values here and Eric Gordon and Daniel House. Forbes just takes up a shooting guard spot, um, but if you have just any money to get you $800 more to Derek White, I would do that. He's still an okay value. should play around 30 minutes. And lastly, Daniel Tice. He's $4,000. We'll probably end up getting better value on the slate, but he's a center. Going to be starting against New York, which is rough if Mitchell Robinson's out there, um, but $4,000 for a guy who's coming off a 28-minute game. Still no Ennis Cantor. There's some value in that. I think we'll get better value by the end of the day, but these are 20 players plus some of those Houston studs and Kyrie Irving that I mentioned that I have interest in. They're color-coded for just like right now where my concerns are. Brogdon's only in yellow, and he really shouldn't be in yellow just because I wanted to point out that the price tag is up, but he's a fine play to go to. So that is it for me right now. I will put this back onto the target offense sheet. I appreciate you all tuning in. Before you leave, if you could hit the subscribe button on a Friday, I think we get a little bit less viewership because people are obviously working and then they got things to do at night and probably don't want to play as much DFS, but thank you. appreciate you tuning into this podcast or YouTube video. I my projections will be linked up down below as well as all my NFL content. The ownership show for NFL will be out tonight. Tomorrow we'll have a live stream for NFL. And then Sunday we have the Closing Thoughts podcast along with all the other stuff that's out there. Check out all that linked up down below on Patreon. You can see just all the different offers on there and learn more about it. Follow me on all my social media accounts. Really appreciate it. At Salvetri DFS on Twitter. Salvetri on Instagram. Salvetri Facebook page. That is it for me. Be sure to rate and review this podcast. Five-star rate and review. Say something about nice about it, whatever you enjoyed. And you'll be entered into, tomorrow I will announce, um, tomorrow afternoon, you'll be entered into one of three people to win a fantasy draft free ticket into their $25. I believe it's still $25. It was $28, but I think it's $25 main event. Whatever it is, you get in for free, a free ticket. Fantasy draft main event, rake-free contest. Pretty cool. So um, check all that out. Linked up down below. Thank you again for tuning in. Hopefully these podcasting videos are helping you. My name is Sal. You already know that. Have a great Friday. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.